welcome back to another midweek special edition of the Meet the Press podcast. I'm your host, Jared McDonald, joined as always by Tyler Dixon. Our special guest this week comes from Russellville, Kentucky, and he spent the last year playing in the NBA G League. Mr. Pedro Bradshaw, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, man. How are you, Ben? I'm excited for this. Like, whenever... I felt bad because in one of our group DMs, I kind of spoiled it, who we were going to have this week. And instantly everybody was like, oh, yeah, love Pedro. Love him. Like, done deal. And like that's – and I feel like that's kind of the – like the reputation you have like throughout the state is you're one of the good guys. Like you're not one of those that people love to hate. I mean, everybody likes to like you. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's, uh, I appreciate you saying that too, man. Um, a lot of that is a testament to my upbringing. You know, I was raised by my grandparents and my granddad would always tell me that, you know, uh, you can be as good a ball player or athlete as you want to be, but, people are really going to remember you for like the type of person you are and what type of character you have and like how you make them feel at the end of the day. You know, people never, people never forget how you make them feel at the end of the day, good or bad. So you want a lot more good than bad in that regard. You know, kind of jumping right into things this past year, you know, what's it been like for you? You were drafted by Salt Lake city in the G league draft, correct. And then finished up the year with Fort Wayne. Um, You know, I guess start to finish. What, what was that whole process like for you? Um, it was, it was a roller coaster to say the least, but, uh, overall I enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, I got selected in the G league draft by, by Salt Lake city and I went through training camp. Uh, it was, it was so dope, man. The first day I got there, we have to get our physicals done. And, uh, I met Zaire Wade there and me and him just kind of instantly clicked like big brother, little brother type thing. So. I think you could just see how I was like, just kind of real genuine. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was, he's nine. he just turned 20. He was 19 at the time and hadn't played in college and everything was so new and fresh to him. So I think it was good for him to kind of see, um, a genuine face and someone that mm-hmm. was kind of in the same boat as him in regards to like everything just being new in this regard. Mm-hmm. So me and him got real close. So we, we kind of bonded throughout that whole process while I was there. Um, so I, I went through training camp, made the team, uh, second game of the season, we played, uh, OKC blue and, and I had 23 points and, um, felt like everything was gonna, you know, be rolling from there on. And then I didn't play like the next four or five games at all. Um, it was crazy. So I got, I kind of got hit with the business aspect of it all rip, you know? So after that game, we had practice. Uh, the next day or, or the day after, and Coach PV comes up to me and says, hey, Dro, like, we know you just had a great game, da-da-da, but um, we've got to bring uh, Elijah Hughes, Jared Butler, and such-and-such uh, such down, so we, we might not have any minutes for you. And, you know, I was okay, that's fine, you know. But uh, it, was, it was tough to deal with, so I didn't play. I kind of played sparingly um, after those handful of games, and then after that, you know, they they called me into the office and uh, it was the GM and the head coach. And, you know, they said, you know, we appreciate you coming in, do, uh, working hard, doing what you did for us. But, you know, we're, we're going to have to waive you. So that happened. Uh, then it was back to the drawing board. Um, so I went home and was literally home for like a day. 
And then I got the call um, from the Sioux Falls Scout Force that they wanted me to come in and play. Um, so came in, kind of the same process, went through the practices and played a handful of games with them. Played pretty well and solid, had a couple really good games. Uh, Brandon Knight was there at the time, and uh, me and him kind of built a really great relationship, too. Um, he was always one of my favorite players. So I, I got a chance to, like, really pick his brain while I was there. And um, after a handful of games with them, you know, same thing. GM called me into the office. Pedro, appreciate you, but we're going to have to waive you. We, we're bringing in Mario Chalmers and uh, bringing back Brandon Knight because Brandon Knight had just had a 10-day with the Mavs. Uh, around Christmas, and uh, we're bringing back uh, Javante Smart off his two-way. Um, back to the drawing board again, go home. I'm there for a few days or so. I get a call from um, the Iowa Wolves. You know, uh, Brian Bowen has COVID. We want you to come in, fill in. Um, so went out there. It was fun. You know, met guys like Brian Bowen, obviously, once he got back. Um, Isaiah Briscoe, he was another guy. Uh, McKinley Wright. Uh, all of these were great organizations. Uh, so I filled my time in for a few weeks. Then, uh, you know, hey, we're your way. So <laughs> uh, back to Russellville again. I was training with my guy, Chris Moses, of Make It Look Easy Training. I was mm -hmm. home for about mm -hmm. a week or so. And um, then I got the call from the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Yeah, my time at Fort Wayne was – it was amazing, man. It, it really allowed me to, to – kind of find my niche and find myself at this level, you know, um, <clears throat> it was funny. I literally, it was my fourth team. So I, it was a team full of all vets, you know, guys like Jordan Bell won two rings with the Warriors. Mm -hmm. he's, he's literally like a mini Draymond Green, uh, Gabe York. He's a ball is life legend. You know, um, Justin Anderson, he's a former first round draft pick, Nate Hinton. He's a guy, he's only a second year guy, but he was literally with the Mavs all year last season. Um, Walt Lemon Jr., he's had two or three stints in the league, you know, guys like that. Um, so I literally, my first practice, I literally came right up to Coach Tom and was like, hey, Coach, like, I'm a rookie. This is my fourth team this year. I'm running around with, like, you know, like my head's cut off, you know, like, what do I need to do? Like, Coach, I'll do literally whatever you need me to do. Just tell me right here now and I'll do it. I just want to win. I just want to play and kind of find myself. And he just kind of smirked at me. He's like, well, what can you do? <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, I was like, Coach, my game, you know, I've, I've always been a playmaker, been able to kind of literally do everything. And, you know, you guys have seen me play, you know, college, high school. That was my game. And he was like, okay. He was like, well, don't pigeonhole your game. Like, always continue to be you and be versatile. He's like, but also, like, now – Guys get paid a lot of money just for rebounding, playing defense, and sprinting from corner to corner. Mm -hmm. He's like, so that's literally all I need you to do. He was like, when you have the opportunity, though, to push in transition or make a play off the bounce or out of pick and roll or something, like, do it. Like, I'm all for that. He was like, but outside of that, just keep it simple. Space to the wing, space to the corners. Shoot it whenever you get the ball. Excuse me. Whenever you get it. And just – play defense to the best of your ability and rebound. So, I mean, Pedro, how old are you now? Uh, 23. So you're 23 years old. I know obviously 14 in a year, that's tough to have the, the foresight to like go up to your coach, be like, Hey, what the hell do I need to do? Like, this is hard. I mean, you, you get it. Like you're playing professional basketball. It's hard. 
like to how did you come to that conclusion of I just need to find out what to do because not saying what you were doing before wasn't working, right? But I know that obviously the other circumstances weren't great, and with guys coming up and down, but to to have that kind of forward thinking of, hey man, this is what I want to do. Like I don't want to be a one hit wonder in the G. Like I want to I want this to be my job. Like how did you come to that conclusion of I need to figure this out? Um, honestly, it was a conversation I had with my agent, and um, you know, it was we we literally just talked about this on the phone about five ten minutes ago mm-hmm. about how stressful things were on both of our ends. You know, with me having to move around so much. So he was just like, hey, man, like whenever you get in, just show them that you literally want to play and you'll do whatever it takes to help them win games. Just go right up to the coach and tell them right off the bat. And it was like, plus, like, that's also going to show like your maturity and your character that you just literally want to play and want to win and want to learn. So um, I think I think that really helped me out a lot because he really took to me from that point on. You know, um, the first game I had with him was against uh, Cleveland. And I didn't play great, but I played extremely well just overall. Mm-hmm. And as far as like, I had like an Alex Caruso type game. It was one of those, <laughs> you know, like four points, six mm-hmm. points, a lot of rebounds. I was a plus 15 and a plus minus, you know, um, I was out there talking on D, telling guys where to be. Um, I was still kind of running around like crazy because it was my first game. Mm-hmm. Didn't know the plays, didn't know the guys, they didn't know me, but him and the, the GM set me down in the, the hotel restaurant after that game. And they both looked at me and was like, man, we're really glad to have you here. Like they literally told me like, we're glad to have you here. It's gotta be a good feeling. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was like, yo, like, I just played terrible. You know? <laughs> but, um, but like I said, like, that's when it really clicked. Like, okay, it's not about scoring. Once you get here, it's about like being a star in your role. So like I said, he he wanted me to keep it simple. And we like I said, I just named the guys we had, Justin Anderson, Jordan mm-hmm. Bell, Gabe York, Walt Lemon. You know, those guys are ball dominant guys, great scorers. They can do everything. So me as a rookie, they're vets. Like, we don't need you doing too much <laughs> or nothing. So it's like they just seen that I was willing to do whatever. So they're like, okay, we might have something here. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of helped me out. And the coach would always, Coach Tom, I, I love him to death. He would always continue to like build my confidence and really help me out in that regard. And uh, I was telling my agent, it was one game we were playing Greensboro and um, it was a two for one situation, like 30 something seconds left in the third quarter. And um, the big got the rebound. He threw it to me as outlet pass. And I'm going up the sideline towards our bench. And as I go by, Coach Tom says, score the ball. I said, oh, okay. So. <laughs> Uh, I go down and transition and take a pull up three on Scotty, Scotty Lewis. And I hit it and everybody's looking like, okay, Rook, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> okay. So from that point on, like I said, just, it, it really helps out a lot when a coach and an organization wants you to succeed and is really looking forward to your progress and helping you improve and watching you improve. So that makes all the difference in the world right there. So they trusted me from the jump. And I think that was the biggest thing. You know, you're talking about doing all the little things and not necessarily being that scorer, but I was scrolling through Twitter the other day. Uh, I think you retweeted it and that's how I saw it, but the G league put something out of the top 10 plays of Fort Wayne season. Uh, Number one, um, you know, familiar face on there. Looked like you knocked down 
three as time was getting ready to expire. You know, what was that moment like? Uh, you know, can you walk us through that? And where does that kind of rank in your first year in the G League? Um, that's definitely number one. Uh, because when I had the 23 points, we lost by like 40. So, um, <clears throat> no, that's definitely number one though. But, um, it was a, it was a tight game against Motor City, uh, Detroit's organization. They have Luca Garza, uh, Saban Lee, Derek Walton Jr. He's a, obviously Michigan, le Michigan legend, uh, NBA vet. Um, they were loaded. They got Czech Diallo. Um, so we're, we're playing and like I said, it's a tight game. And, um, like I said, I had worked my way into the, the final few minute rotation, you know, to close it out six man. And I was finishing the games out. So I just happened to be on the court and, uh, Luca, I think was, had got mismatched up with me. So I like cut to the basket and, uh, Darius Adams was driving down the lane and he, I think he had 30 that game. So everyone was literally staring at him. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had cut to the basket, seen that it wasn't going to be there, popped out to the three and um, caught it. And I just said, okay, I'm going to shoot this. So <laughs> I shot it and uh, you know, it went in. So that was an amazing feeling. Um, everybody who's seen it talks about how like I didn't get hype or anything uh, just because I was like, okay, there's, there's four seconds left they still have a shot to beat us. So I just kind of played it cool, but that was definitely amazing, man. Um, I think that was the moment that really put me over the top with the guys on the team. Uh, just cause again, it showed that they could really trust me in, in moments like that. And, uh, you know, they doused me with water bottles and everything in the locker room, throwing stuff. So it was, it was a good night. When, or, or have you gotten to that point? We, we talked before and, and you mentioned Brandon Knight and Isaiah Briscoe and, and, all these different Luke Luke Garza, I mean, literally the player of the year a couple of years ago in, in college basketball. When did you feel like, and, and I've talked with high school to college athletes about this a lot. When did you get to that point where you look around and you're like, I'm here. Like, I'm not looking up to Brandon Knight anymore. I'm on the same team as Brandon Knight. Like, I'm playing against Luca Garza. When did you get to that point? I don't know, man. It's that 23 point game kind of did it for me. And like I said, we got killed, but just for that to happen in my second game, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I can really do this. It made you feel like you belong. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, and I've always been in these same tiers and rooms with a lot of these guys, like me and Luca know each other mm -hmm. from uh, the MBPA top 100 camp when we were rising seniors. Like I know Luca, we were, we met each other there. You know, um, so I've always been in these rooms with these guys. It's just a matter of, you know, obviously I didn't go to a high major. So it's easy for me to go down and like kind of be forgotten. Or, But um, there's been a ton of guys that I've met at, through AAU or these camps. And it's like, okay, yeah, I've seen you before. I know you are. But I didn't know where you were or what happened right. to you, you know. So, uh, but I've, I've always felt like I belong. But like I said, I think that 23-point game really solidified it. And obviously being able to finish out the season the way I did was like, okay, I really have a shot to push for the real thing. You know, when it's just Tyler and I on the podcast, I travel when I cover Western. So we talk a lot about the travel and the, the different places that we've been, obviously, where you're doing what you do. Um, you know, you travel a lot, too. You were in Salt Lake City. You were in Iowa. You were in Sioux Falls. You were in Fort Wayne. You know, what's it like seeing these different cities? Um, I will tell you to be careful talking about Fort Wayne because my mom is from there and she's like our top <laughs> listener. So she is our number one fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is. Yeah. All good things about Fort Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, it was it was fun, honestly. Um, I've always literally traveled all over just for basketball. Um, I literally took my first, I guess, vacation uh, last month uh, to go to Orlando, if you call that a vacation. But um, no, it was dope because it's I'm I'm from Russellville, Kentucky. So for me to be going to all these places just for basketball, just for dribbling a little round ball, it's it's kind of surreal to think about uh, when you put it into perspective. But um, it was dope, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, going to Cali, you know, uh, getting to see Utah, like Salt Lake City is an amazing city. Um, Sioux Falls was a little rough because it's 30 below and the wind is blowing <laughs> like crazy. He called it. He said that would be the one. <laughs> did, you, did you play in the Sanford Pentagon there? Yeah. I covered a tournament there, the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic, a couple of years ago. Um, and it was Thanksgiving, so it, during COVID, so everything in the oh, city was right. closed, too. It was cold. Right. It, was, it was a weird trip. So Yeah, no. It's, it's a unique gym, though. It is. The Pentagon is dope. The clock is like, it's kind of cool, but I don't, I didn't really like try to read from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah, but uh, but it was dope though. But like I said, it was just cold. It was just so, it was so cold. Like I didn't even want to go get my DoorDash outside. That's how cold it was. <laughs> I gotta look at this clock now. <laughs> uh, while he's doing that, you know, you mentioned being from Russellville. You talk about going back to Russellville all the time. And today you posted on Twitter that you're having your PB, um, you know, camp again. Had it for the first time last year to try to help out the community there and get um, the youth involved in basketball. You know what does that mean to you? And, and can you just give us the details on that? Help promote yourself a little bit here. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, no, it means the world to me, honestly, because it's something that I've wanted to do since I was nine, ten years old. You know, I've always said that I want to be the guy that's able to come back and and host a camp or or, or give back to my community. Or you know, one day I, I'd love to build a rec center or a park or just something of that nature, you know, because um, when I was younger, uh, my granddad showed me the game of basketball. You know, he always helped me out. And then he ended up getting a, a couple rounds of cancer. So that obviously hinders your ability to do that such thing. But so I went to um, Coach Jay Allison's giving back camp that he hosted in Russellville. He would host it every Saturday. All the kids from the neighborhood would come in and we'd uh, be there from like eight to twelve. You know, uh, he'd have snacks and stuff for us. We'd do drills, we'd scrimmage, and it was always a good time, you know, and, and he wasn't charging anybody a dime. You know, he was coming out of his own pocket. He'd go pick kids up, give them rides, give them rides home, you know, feed them afterwards, stuff like that. So I was like, you know, someone had to help me when I needed it. So it's nothing for me to give back in a way. You know, last year I did the camp for free. Um, just because, you know, I was still up and coming a little bit. And plus, like, it was, it was my first camp. So I just wanted to see how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it kind of, it it exceeded expectations. Let's just say that very much so. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, I'm charging $25 for the fourth through eighth grade kids. And I'm charging $50 for the high school kids, you know, and I don't think I'm beating nobody over the head with those prices. <laughs> no, not at so, all. Not at all. I've yeah. seen some of them. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to uh, my agent also. Um, I got invited like I would get invited to these camps all the time as a middle schooler and I could never go because they were so high priced. Mm -hmm. Like I got invited to John Lucas's camp one year, I think as an eighth grader or something, and I couldn't go because it was like four hundred dollars. 
you know, and it's funny, I ended up running into John Lucas and met him and talked to him at the MBPA top 100 camp uh, years later. So, uh, but like I said, like, I never want to, with my camp, I never want to put a kid in position where they can't come because they can't pay, Right. you know, because I know what that feels like. So if it's a situation where I have to give you a ride down, you know, from Bowling Green or Louisville, wherever, I, I, I'll do that. I don't mind that, you know, but um, it's it's special to me. It really is. And I, I have my family, you know, my grandparents and my sister and her little boys, they help out. You know, my granny, she cooks food for the coaches and <laughs> my sister helps organize the T-shirts and the jerseys and my little nephews run around. So it's, it's real dope. It's a family environment. I have it open to the public. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday, June 25th at Russellville High School. Um, nine o'clock to 12 o'clock uh, for the fourth through eighth grade group and one o'clock to four o'clock for the high school group. So I, I'm really excited. I've got a great staff coming in. I've got uh, Dylan Windler and Terry Taylor as the guest speakers. Uh, Those are bad. Those are pretty good guests. Yeah, no. For yeah. Sure. I saw you had Moses too. Is Moses coming? Yeah. So Chris um, is going to help me run it. Okay. So um, I'm literally going to be there. I'm going to be engaged, but I'm kind of going to be like in the background. And he's going to make sure the engine's running. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he's he's my right hand man. Bro. So, like, like really quick, I know Jared probably. Jared, you know Chris. I know he was it. Uh, you know Chris Moses a little bit. I met him a little bit last year when I swung down to the camp. Like when I was in, because I was in Hoptown. That's when I got to know to know Moses and and Pedro. You can speak on this really quick. Like he has his hand in in basketball all over. But the one thing I will say about Chris more than anything else, he's always at a 10. Yes. Like I've never – it doesn't matter if I see him, like if I saw him out somewhere, if I saw him at a game, if I saw him at a camp, it was like he was so excited to see me and talk. Like he was – he's a 10 all the time. Yes. And that's what I – and anybody who's asked, I'm like, he's a 10. Like 100%. He will give you – everything he's got at all times yes and that's that's why i love him to death man he's he's the greatest hype man in the world <laughs> um because you know i'm i'm a very humble dude mm -hmm. and he does all the the trash talking for me and <laughs> but uh but no I, i've been with him since i was literally like a sixth or seventh grader um the funny the, the story of how we got together is kind of funny um he was dating a girl from Russellville and he used to come to Hampton park all the time and play. So, you know, everybody used to be at Hampton park playing outside. So the younger kids, me, I'd be on the side goals while the older kids are playing on the main goals. So one day I was out there and this little guy was just <laughs> pulling from half, giving everybody any move they wanted off the bounce, you know, scoring, talking crazy. Picturing like, all this in my head, as you say this, yeah, I'm like, oh, like, who's this dude, man? Like, so uh, after the session ended, I, I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, like, what's your name, man? Da, da, da. Like, how do you how'd you learn how to do all that? Because, you know, as a sixth, seventh grade, I wasn't that good. I was just tall. So people were people were putting me in the post because I couldn't really dribble. I could shoot a little bit, but I was tall. So um, so that let, like how you do that? Like, could you show me that? Yeah, man, I, I play at such and such. I'm da da da. I, I train all the time. I do that. I'm like, well, could you train me? And he was like, yeah, for sure. But he was in college at the time. So he didn't actually have the time to kind of get into that with me. Um, so he, he kind of just like, yeah, you know, sure. Kind of brushed me off. So like 15, 20 minutes later, 
I went back up to him. I was like, hey, man, like, let me get your number. Like, can we work out? Like, when can we? And he just literally, and he'll tell you, man, like, he just seen that I wouldn't take no for an answer. So that's kind of how we built our relationship. And it's, it's just crazy to see how much it's grown, man, from sixth, mm -hmm. seventh grade on till being a 23-year-old first-year pro. <laughs> so that's my guy. You know, yeah. kind of the start of that story reminded me of the beginning of this week. You know, the big news in the NBA, um, you know, to start off the week was Patrick Beverly on first take or wherever talking about CP3, right. called him a cone. Are you, are you a trash talker or have you ever received any kind of trash talk quite like that? Um, no, it's, it's funny because I never feed into that and I never do it myself. So there's been times where people have tried to trash talk and I'll just kind of look at them or smirk or something. And that'll be the end of it, you know, because that's the main thing. They want you to say something back or like give a reaction. So but there's been a couple times that I've actually like got out of my shell and said something. And people that know me have seen that. <laughs> so it doesn't happen too often. I'll, I'll just say that. So um, it's funny, like in the G League, in the league, especially everybody's just talking crazy all the time right. you know and if guys see that you show like weakness or or fear or anything like they're going to keep doing that and you're going to build a reputation for that so excuse me like i said i just never really feed into it i i'm really even keel you know it excuse me it takes a lot for me to just get out of character and you know try to go crazy on somebody or talk crazy so um unless you just really just say something say something about my granny or something we, we, we <laughs> cool. i ain't give you no play I was just waiting for a Pedro like snap story. Like somebody said something one time and like just gone and just let him have it. No, I don't, I don't know. I've done that before, but I usually let my play do the talking. So I've, I've had situations like that at like the park right, right. or, or at the gym where somebody, Oh, you're not good or you're overrated or I'm better than you. Okay. Oh, I'm sure, you, I, I'm sure the, the epitome of a high school chant is the overrated. So I'm sure you got overrated before in high school. <laughs> I've, I've gotten that a couple of times, but yeah. for the most part, I was always, and I'm not saying it like this, but I was always well-respected because I didn't right, read right. into were, that type of stuff. Right. So even the people that were supposed to be against me were kind of rooting for me at the same time. You know, like, I told you, like everybody likes you. Like, yeah, I can't talk. I can't. I don't know what that's like. Not everybody likes me. I get it. I talk like if I was tall and like in somewhat good shape and I could play basketball. Oh my gosh. I would talk trash all the time. I'm a short little thick kid and I still talk trash all the time. So, I, like, I don't know what I would can. do. Oh uh, yeah. I still can. It just doesn't have as much effect. Like I feel like. That's true. You got to just, I don't know. You got to tighten it up a little bit. You know, if you come with oh, some real hard crazy, stuff. Man. Oh, I'll just talk crazy. Because if I confuse them, that's good for me. Like, then that's all for them. All you for did them. your job. Yeah. That's funny. We met for the first time, Pedro, last year at your camp. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were just talking for, for quite a while, you know, off the record. Um, just kind of shooting the shit and stuff. Arby's catered it. You talked to me about how, you know, you had worked there across the street from Russellville High School you know, during your time there, um, you know, had to try to find some practice time and stuff. You know, what was it like, you know, kind of coming up, having to work and stuff where, you know, some kids don't have to do that. You know, I, I think you said something about maybe bribing someone with a beef and cheddar to unlock the gym or something like that. 
<laughs> yeah, I had to do that a lot, man. I had to do that a lot. Couldn't forget the Arby sauce either. <laughs> um, it was it was a thing that my granddad, you know, and I, I owe a lot. Uh, all of what I am and what I do and how I act, it's it's because of him. Um, you know, he, he raised me since I was three or four years old. And um, when I turned 15, 16, when I was like a sophomore, he was like, um, okay, you need to get a job. Because, you know, he, he obviously had the money, but it's like, okay, I want to teach you responsibility. And once you get a job and you start seeing them checks, you're going to like want to keep doing it because that's your money and you can do whatever you want with it, you know? So that was the main thing. And I was, I was nervous, but I didn't mind it because the Arby's I ate there all the time. <laughs> so like everybody in there already knew who I was by name, just because I would come in there and get fries and Jamocha shakes and stuff. So um so that's what fueled young pedro were arby's fries and jamocha shakes yes my my <laughs> my pregame meal in high school right before the games would be like a i don't think they have it anymore or not or not but it was like a turkey bacon club and i would eat that and some fries and a, and a large sweet tea uh a couple hours before the game and i'd go get 25 and 12 and 7 so whatever <laughs> so works your first NIL deal should have been Arby's. It should have been, should have but been I, I left a year too early. I was thinking. So, I mean, on you, you played college basketball, obviously. Mm-hmm. Name, image, likeness has been a huge thing last couple of years. Where's your kind of mindset with it all? It's funny. I've written so many papers about this. <laughs> um, I I like it honestly. I I really do. I think there needs to be regulations for it because as you see like everyone's just kind of running amuck with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um I've seen a situation where there was a player, I think he could have went to Kentucky but he was like no, you're not paying me enough money in IL, so I'm not coming. I was like mm-hmm. It's Kentucky. (laughs) But, you know, like stuff like that or like one guy threatened to leave his school if they didn't get him a better deal. Like, I think when you have situations like that, it's like, okay, that's kind of like hurting the game. But I'm all for when guys use NIL deals to like build, um, you know, financial literacy and obviously get money for themselves that, that they can put back or, you know, guys that are pretty solid college basketball players. But they might not want to play professionally or they might not play in the NBA. They might just want to play for a couple years overseas or something like that. And then just get into their career. Like I'm all for that. But like I said, once it gets a little over the line, it's like, okay, there needs to be some rules. There needs to be some rules in place for this, but all in all, I'm all for it. You know, I, I, yeah, we've said the same thing about like paying. Like my brother played college golf. I know there's not going to be an NCAA golf, whatever, and Brady Dixon is not going to be on there. I know that's fine. I don't care, but I'm all for it. All right. Go ahead, Jared. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. The, the conversation that kind of goes along with NIL now is the transfer portal. Um, you know where that's kind of had some changes over the last few years, and I know your path in college wasn't you know a straight shot either. You know right. you went to a few school, few schools, Belmont, Eastern, and then finished up at Bellarmine. You know what? was that you know the whole process like and how important was that um you know where it wasn't a straight shot into getting to you to where you are now um 
it was a lot of learning. <laughs> it was a lot of learning. Um, and I think all that moving around, in all honesty, I think it might have helped me out this year just because I was kind of already used to it. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the kid who is a, in a military family and you're moving from school to school, city to city every few months or every year or whatever, you know, it's kind of like that, you know. So I was at each school, I was building relationships and I couldn't sustain them in the way I wanted to at times because I knew I was leaving, you know, or the situation that I was in at the time wasn't great. So I'm not opening up about certain things or, you know, I'm kind of secluded to myself, you know, like even at Bellarmine, I had an amazing time. The guys became family to me. Um, but even at that, it was like, okay, I love all of y'all. Like we're brothers, but I'm coming in to get my degree and do what I need to do on the court so I can go mm -hmm. play pro. So it was just a little different in that regard because all those guys, you know, they're playing and they came in together. They've been there all three, four years, whatever. So it's a little different, you know, for me to just kind of come in and not say do my own thing, but, you know, just kind of I was the type of dude where I had an apartment off campus. So when I come on campus, I'm there for class. I'm there for my lift, my workout practice. Then I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I mean. You yeah. had a job. I mean, yeah. you, you were super focused. You and, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people when they complain about the portal is they don't think about the, the specific athlete situation. They see it as they're abandoning. But but like you said, you knew you had a job to do. You knew you wanted to play professional basketball. You knew what was going to help you get there. And. I mean, honestly, if people talk smack on that, like, screw them. Like, you know what you need to do. Like, you're an right. adult. Like, you're a smart dude. You got a good head on your shoulders. You've had good role models in your life to help you with these things. Like, you know what you have to do. Like, that's 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 always been my thing is I don't feel like people care about the athlete as much as, oh, you're abandoning, that, that kind of thing. Right. And like you said, like, people that have never been in, in our shoes before, they have a lot to say. It, you know, everyone has an opinion, but it's some things that it's like, OK, like just try to think about it from their perspective or put yourself in their shoes. Like, what would you do? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, the Belmont situation, I just wanted to play as a freshman. But that was a lesson I had to learn because the reason I wanted to play was one, obviously, like I thought I was good enough to play and contribute in some way um, as a freshman. And I, and I proved that in practice, I thought. But I was playing for a Hall of Fame coach and Rick Bird, who amazing coach. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to Rick Bird. Um, and but the main reason I push for it is because I'm seeing Tavion Hollandsworth kill at Western as a freshman, seeing Terry Taylor kill as a freshman. You know, so I'm like, dang, like Jake Omer, he was at Western at the time killing, too. So like, dang, like I was just with these dudes a few months ago, like. We're all right here. <laughs> like I should be playing too, you know, but it's like their situations were different. They were coming into a situation where they could play right away and contribute right away. My situation was I was coming into a team with four seniors, five seniors, you know, and a couple of them were red shirt seniors. So they had been there for five years. <laughs> you know? So they knew the system. They knew how this thing worked. They were vets, literally, you know. So um, like I said, just being young, 19 years old, just – kind of being stubborn, you know, I, obviously I could have stayed, but 
I was stubborn and didn't realize that it's like, okay, just wait your turn next year. They'll be gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so, but um, like I said, it's a lesson learned. And, um, you know, EKU, I went there to play for Coach Dan McHale, um, have a great relationship to this day. Um, uh, Doug Davenport actually offered me the scholarship uh, when he was at EKU uh, when I was a junior. Um, so it's crazy how that works. But um, so I go to EKU. I get there in January, January 15th. This is the first day of class. And uh, come late March, mid-March, uh, Coach McHale gets fired. So and he had one more. I think he had one more year left on his deal. So it was a shock to me, especially. <laughs> but uh, but especially to him and his family. So um, situation happened. Coach A Dub came in, um, you know, first year as a head coach. Uh, he just wanted to make he wanted to win. You know, his job was going to be on the line pretty soon, too. And obviously, you know, he's built that reputation and, and put EKU back EKU back on top. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just wasn't a guy. I wasn't the guy that he brought in. And that's where the business comes in. It's nothing personal. It's just like I got to bring my guys in. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of how that happened. So it wasn't a big deal. It's no hard feelings. Um, everything happens for a reason. So I was still lucky enough and blessed enough to land in the position with Doug Davenport and Coach Scotty Davenport and uh, be able to finish out my last two years strong at Bellarmine. What was it like seeing Bellarmine this year do what they did in the A-Sun? Sorry, I started question, Jared. No, that's where you were going. Steal that. that, that I know what that first year of of, of D1. What was that like seeing that as an alum of that university? It was amazing. It was amazing, honestly. Oh my gosh. I was so proud of the guys. Um, It's funny because we were in the locker room right before, I think that game. No, it wasn't the game winner. That would have been crazy. It was right before one of the games, and I had a really good game. And, uh, it made me feel good, man, because we were we were in the locker room. We had like a little TV and everybody's getting dressed, listening to their music, chilling, talking. And one of the coaches turns on the game, the uh, Jacksonville game. And one of the coaches was like, Pedro, that's your school, right? And everybody, everybody was like, Pedro, that's where you went to school. That's where you went to school. That's your school. Them your guys. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that made me feel good, man. And we, we were able to watch it till about halftime. And then we had to go out on the court and um, I missed the live action of like those final few seconds. And when everybody ran out to the court, but as soon as the game finished, um, I was able to like look on social media and see everything that happened and see how great Dylan played and CJ and Justin and all those guys. And, you know, all the hard work that they put in from the very beginning of the summer, last summer on to that point. It was amazing to see. And I was so I was so happy and proud of those guys, man. Like I, I sent them a long, a long group message just telling them how much I loved them and how proud I was of them and you know how they should really relish the moment because they did deserve it. You know, you were talking about some of those class of twenty seventeen Kentucky high school basketball players with Tavion, with Jake Omer. You know, I look in this just this area within 45 minutes of Bowling Green, Kentucky. I know you've talked a little bit about Terry Taylor. Um, Can we go an hour and include Hoptown? Can we go an hour and include Hoptown? Can we do that too? Well, I, w- I was thinking, <laughs> bear with me, Tyler, bear with me. This is a, it's a long-winded question. But, you know, I look within 45 minutes of Bowling Green. You get you at Russellville. Now you're in the G League. You go to Bowling Green High. Terry Taylor was part of that graduating class. He spent the year with the Indiana Pacers, uh, you know, playing really well there, making a name for himself there after he killed it at Austin P. 
And then you go look in Franklin, you get Taven Lovin there. This year he's playing in the NCAA tournament. I was down in Frisco, watched him, you know, win the CUSA tournament, talked to his parents in the stands and all that. You know, when you look back at that group so close together and see what you guys are doing now, you know, what what is that like? It's amazing. It, it really is amazing to see, man, because uh, me and Terry are, are like brothers. We've we've been extremely close since uh, we were freshmen or sophomores. We, we started playing AAU for the first couple years of our high school days. Um, so that was dope. That's kind of how we bonded. Um, and ever since then, like I said, we've been locked in. So just seeing his journey from then on till this season, it's been really dope to see because I know how hard he works. You know, he's, he's so committed to his craft and, um, he deserves the world, man. And, and like I said, I think it was, it was really nice to see his dreams come true. And for me to be in the same organization with him for, you know, a few weeks. And it's funny because once I got there, we were literally seven doors down from each other in the, in the apartment complex on the same floor. And he was, you know, a little bit further down. So, we got to we got to spend a lot of time together. Like I said, our last my last two or three weeks there with Fort Wayne because we were based in Indy this year. So that was amazing. It was a great experience. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. I know he's only going to continue to improve and get so much better. And I think his role will be able to improve too with with the Pacers. And I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, Tave and me and him are extremely close too. You know, we uh, we play we played AAU together for a couple years when we were younger. Uh, a team with a me, him, Jalen Seabury, Trey Hollowell. Thank Trey you. Trey Thank Trey you. Welcome. I got that <laughs> in, in there, Shorty Cager, uh, guys like that. So um, seeing his journey, you know, the way things have kind of went for him, he's really been able to find his role and his niche at UAB. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, we've had conversations about uh, Coach Andy Kennedy, about how much he loves him and he trusts him. He has a lot of faith in them. And he said, like, you know, how that makes them feel good. And, you know, you always see they get a, a ton of transfers in each year. So they doing something right over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to be a pro, too. He's going to be a pro. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that he will be a NBA G League overseas guy after this upcoming season. So I'm excited for him, too. You know, for you, though, what's next for you, you know, how do you continue to improve and, and try to make make a name for yourself, whether that's G League, whether that's somewhere else? Um, you know, what's next for Pedro Bradshaw? Um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was, was that the toughest question so far? <laughs> it made me think a little bit. Um, the it's funny, man. The dream and the goals have always been the same since I was ten. You know, and. I've talked about this with my my friends and my family about how a lot of people I know to this day at 23, 24 years old still don't know what they want to do. And I was never one of those people. I always knew what I wanted to do with basketball. I know what I want to do after basketball. Uh, just don't know where I want to live yet. Um, <laughs> but no, so the, the dream was always NBA overseas G League. So um, now that I've gotten a taste of the G League, like we talked about earlier, I, I know that I belong and that I can really play here and that I really do have the opportunity and chance to move up at some point soon. So pushing for that last tier, that top tier, that top level, 
that's the goal right now. That's what I'm pushing for. Um, just right now, just in my offseason training with uh, Chris Moses and Deion Lee, um, you know, just working on different nuances of the game that I that I experienced this year as far as like the three and D type stuff. I was able to have a phone com excuse me. I was able to have a conversation, um, a, a few text conversation with uh, Corey Brewer. And uh, we're supposed to be talking over the phone pretty soon. Um, you know, just because he was a guy, he's from Portland, Tennessee, 40, 45 minutes away from Russellville. You know, so he's a small town guy. Um, he used to play in the little Dust Bowl in Russellville. And uh, he ended up being like a, one of the best role players that's been in the league, you know, for the last 20 years or so. You know, so and he's skinny. It's same, similar size, do the same, similar things. And uh, so I just want to pick his brain and see, like, how he was kind of able to find his role and his niche. And I, I've, I've been watching a lot of his stuff on Synergy from his best season in Minnesota to um, his years in Houston, you know, things like that. So just things like that and working on the 3 and D stuff. Like I said, like, even if you see it and you see it in the playoffs, uh, the Pelicans was a team that I referenced where you've seen a lot of guys who were doing the little things and playing defense, rebounding, doing whatever it took to win and spotting up and hitting catch and shoot threes, you know, spacing the floor. And that's what the league wants right now. Mm -hmm. They need long, versatile guys that can catch and shoot from three and play defense and rebound and, you know, do all the little things because there's already a ton of guys that can score and, and need the ball in their hands. So we don't need you to do that. We need you to be Dorian Finney-Smith. We need you to be, you know, Mikael Bridges or Josh Hart or, you know, guys like that. So so me becoming one of those guys that I just named, Herb Jones, you know, uh, that's that's the next step. So and that goes, that goes along with uh, getting into a good situation again as far as uh, the right fit, right role, right team. Um, I'm blessed enough to have the opportunity to go back to Fort Wayne um, if, if, you know, if that's the, the route I choose. Um, but as of right now, I'm just focused on getting in the summer league and kind of playing things from there. Like this was, Peter, you were one of the, like one of probably the original that we've talked about having on this pod, just because Jared and I both know you and have talked to you before. So like you were one of the ones, if we go back in our early text messages, you had to be one of the first three or four names mentioned. I'm flattered. Thank y'all. Appreciate yeah. that. No, this has been great, man. We we super appreciate you hopping on. Um, we we obviously know you're a busy guy. Um, so yeah, thank you for taking some time for us tonight. I appreciate that, man. I, I've really enjoyed it, man. We'll have to grab a bite to eat or something sometime soon and uh make sure at least one of y'all get down to the camp next month, man. I gotta have that. Oh, we'll have you on again and cause we're gonna I said the other day on Twitter, nine episodes down, nine million to go. So whenever you make it to the league, we're gonna have you back on to talk That's about it. That's a bet. That's a bet. We we can count on it. We can we can write that down. So I, I just gotta keep working, man. It's uh just gotta keep working, man. It's all on God's timing, man. Well enjoy it, Pedro. Um it seems like you have the time of your life playing basketball, traveling the country. Um guys be sure to check out the PB thirty two Elite Camp June twenty fifth. 4th to 8th graders and 9th to 12th graders. Hit up Pedro for all the details and to sign up. Uh, remember to follow the Meet the Press podcast on all social media. You can go to meet the pro- meetthepresspodcast.com. Find it on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying to get it down. Stuttered a little yeah. bit there. You know, almost had it. it. It's a marathon, though. You know? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, guys, be sure to check us out for our regular podcast Sunday night on Facebook and YouTube Live and Monday 
at some point. Until then, see you guys later.